At home with a lifetime of stories and songs People we've met and places we've gone Along the way found where and how we belong At home with a lifetime of stories and songs Welcome to more songs and stories from home Podcasts that give voice to songs with stories And stories with songs written and being written over the course of a lifetime Often illuminating the journey we all make Together and alone Finding our way home. Back to the Big Room, Part 3. Going back to the Big Room was much more than four old guys trying to relive their youth. It was four guys with genuine affection for each other, having a chance to go back to where it all began. And having our families there as we did it. Besides songs we sang 55 years earlier, we also sang songs that have taken on special meaning over the years. Among them, songs that shine a light on moments in John Buller's life and how important he is to everyone in that room. The songs included in a part of a letter I wrote and shared with John and with Lori when they stayed with Pat and me a few months after we went back to the big room. Dear John, it started. I'm going to start this letter with a song, one I wrote and first sang to you when we celebrated Christmas together a few days before going back to the big room, the big room where we met all these years ago. You're the first guy I sang with when I got to college. Somewhere in those first notes I knew That becoming your friend would be quite an adventure Wow, how that turned out to be true Looking back, what I see is a life filled with stories Both answered and unanswered prayers And songs that can fit almost any occasion that somehow we found ways to share When we sing for the grandkids Now they're in their bunk beds About how life goes and it's gone How those precious nights are a lot like our lives Filled with prayers, stories and songs Seems most of the singing that we do together is with or for grandkids these days looking over at you singing hot august night while it's pure delight i must say well the road that we traveled wasn't easy or simple it's clear getting here near the end Oh, one of the things that I find most delightful is how we're both family and friends. And we sing for the grandkids, now they're in their bunk beds, think about how life goes and it's gone. How those precious nights are a lot like our lives, 
filled with prayers, stories, and songs. And now, back to the big room. This time with family there to witness, including your daughters, Jody and Lindsay, my, my stepdaughters. And because I want to believe there's no such thing as step-grandchildren, also three-grandchildren. We, the Papas too, Papa John and Papa Banjo, sharing with our blended family songs that were part of our college days and more. One more time. Back in the big room. Perhaps one last time as life and the memories that are part of Life began to slip through our fingers like so many grains of sand. We hold on to all we can, keeping dreams and memories awake and alive in the songs we sing together. Some amazing moments singing these last few years. The graduation celebration in 2019 at the Congregational Church just across the street from the fraternity. At Jim Winquist's I'm Still Alive party at the Seattle Yacht Club, just across the Mont Lake Bridge, I told Winnie the morning ride would be glad to sing under one condition. He needed to one more time do his bit from the music man, Trouble, Trouble in River City. And he said before he began that he'd been practicing for weeks. And it showed when he rose out of his wheelchair as he reached the climax and brought us all to our feet. May he rest in peace. And then the singing that you and I do these days. Evening songs for grandchildren. Who knew we would come to think of Sweet Caroline as a bedtime song?
As I write this, I remember back to the fall of 65, to where and when this all began. 18-year-old kids, anxious, trying not to show it. One of my earliest memories of the fraternity life was being in the foyer while a caricature artist did drawings of many of our faces. My memory says yours was the only one that he drew twice. You, John Buller, had a natural nickname, the Bull, and the artist was making a bull the centerpiece of his drawing, complete with devilish horns. When he was finished, loud protests from a gaggle of 18-year-olds who saw the drawings as not illuminating the goodness that everyone in the group saw in you. Our protests made the artist try again. The artist's second try was less caricature and more portrait. Better, we all agreed. So much of who you would grow into was already there at 18. Responsible, restless, sometimes silly and a bit goofy, kind. Is, is there such a thing as innocent sophistication or sophisticated innocence? If there is, you had it. Still have it, a true extrovert, elected by us band of brothers to be the formal leader of the fraternity for our senior year. You were proud of your Nebraska heritage, but you were truly at home in the Northwest, in Seattle. Your brother and your mother soon followed, and you helped them be at home here, too. From the beginning, you were what I would call a practical dreamer. Ideas seemed to spill out of you, an imagineer, before that word became a word. You had the size and dedication for basketball, but unfortunately a slightly damaged heart. Pericarditis, if I'm remembering the correct diagnosis, we all visited you as you recovered, coming back to finish your college career as a, as a combination, a player and a coach. Let me say you remain true to your school, like few others active in the alumni, both formally and informally, for half a century. You got a degree from the UN Business, and then a master's, convincing the Bon Marche they would make a big mistake if they didn't hire you. They agreed. And they made you, someone experienced in selling, into a buyer, a decade in corporate, a decade that included a wife, a house within walking distance of the U, two kids. There was also a flotilla of water toys, the family van, golf clubs, camping gear, New Year's Day parties with Ramus Fizzes and friends and a Camaro convertible. And time spent dreaming of more. Hey, why not open a restaurant? From time to time, you would talk about how you felt you failed to take some important shots in the championship basketball game your senior year in high school. In a way, I believe it haunted you. Well, among many other things, your half a decade as the owner of a restaurant chased away any of those ghosts. You took your shot. Countless shots. You took all you had 
and they took all you had and asked for more. And you gave that too. And in the process, you found out things about yourself and the world you both needed and didn't need to know. The cost of the knowledge included the house and the Camaro. And then with the help of your wife and family, got back on your feet and crossed the bridge once again into corporate, the bond welcoming you back this time doing training. And then somewhere in there, you and Pat found you had grown too far apart to stay together. You bought and learned to captain a boat that took you and family to the San Juans and loads of people through the years of fall Saturdays to Husky football games. The name of your craft, a perfect definer of your view of life, indeed for your life and every day in it, special event. And with a sense of restlessness, resolve, resiliency, responsibility that never left you, you went on to do great things, including helping host Final Four basketball when it came to the kingdom, as well as becoming CEO of one of Starbucks' biggest rivals, Tully's Coffee, sharing much of it with the perfect partner, Lori, eventually marrying her on the UW campus, which did follow a pattern. You, you and Pat marrying in the big room of the fraternity just off campus. In a way, I think you might have always been and surely became later in your career what our grandson might describe as a preacher teacher. Some of your most important work found in a book you wrote called Defining a Better Way to Operate, where you ask the question, can you, can we survive the age of disruption? Creating the All-In Culture by John Kent Buller. Using words like curiosity, conversation, creativity, as well as culture, you help us see the world in important new ways. I will stop here, or rather at the last week of December of 2022, when we were together, the whole family, singing songs and sharing meals and celebrating the holidays and what might be described as a week-long special event finishing up at the big room at the Fiji house across the street from the UW campus. Papa John, I'm grateful to be the other Papa. Grateful to be your friend. Grateful for the memories, though they slip between our fingers. Grateful for the music. For all we have shared. For all we share. Love, the other Papa. P.S. It feels right to end this letter the way it began, with a song. One you made your own at the many music nights we had. The song Desperado, a song Lindsay sang to audition for a theater camp in high school and that she sang with you the day we went back to the big room.
Thank you for watching or listening to more songs and stories from home. Come back next time for part four of Back to the Big Room. Knowing you're welcome here at home with a lifetime of stories and songs.